Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play more every single day. The podcast that's focused on you, the mom, to help you fill up your cup and rediscover the joy and love in your everyday life. We can't parent alone, and parenting is too serious to be serious all the time. Thanks for being here. My name is Christy Thomas. I am the founder and developer of PlayForLifeMoms.com. Let's jump in. Welcome to Deanna Mason. She is one of my personal mentors. She runs a community called, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher it, Refreshed Moms. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Moms Made for More. Did I get the name right? Moms Called to More. Called to More. Okay. So welcome, Deanna. Thank you, Christy. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Deanna has been running a five-day prayer challenge. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important right now that we all pause and take a reassessment of where we might have been talking to God or might not have been talking to God or whatever you feel comfortable calling that. I'm definitely a Christian and I talk to God. But I think it's time to have that moment of faith together. What do you think, Deanna? Well, I felt like it was. (laughs) I'm a Christian as well, um, a follower of Christ. So just to make sure where my faith is, is, um, clear here. I felt like um, we needed some grounding in our faith. Okay. I needed some grounding in my faith. Let's not even... Let let me not even play play like it was, well, I think everybody needs to do this. No, I personally needed it. Um, The prayer challenge that I just wrapped up was actually something that I was preparing to do around the launch of my podcast. And um, when all of this happened with the pandemic, the way I was feeling, the way the people around me were feeling, my family, my local community, my local church community, it just felt really right to take some time out to do some really intentional prayer around some of our needs. And I'm an entrepreneur and my community is full of mom entrepreneurs and I wanted to give space and not only pray for, you know, the needs that we have as we pivot into this season of social distancing, but you know, we're still running businesses. We're still depending on the income that our businesses bring in. And there was such a, I won't say a panic, but I had a lot of moms in my, Mm -hmm. a lot of my clients that were trying to come up with new product, new services and new ways of trying to fit the needs of what they were seeing out there Mm -hmm. and just helping them stay grounded on being focused on what is your expertise? What is your business? The offers that you currently have, they are enough. You don't have to create anything new. (laughs) Just do what you do well and make sure you position it so that it can serve well while we are social distancing. You don't really have to change what you're doing. And so giving them opportunities to pray um, for their businesses as well to help them ground, Mm -hmm. (laughs) stay focused, not putting any extra work on them, right. you know, creating new product and service and freebies and all that. That's a lot of extra work. Yes, it you is. Don't need to do that. You don't need to do any of that. Just stay connected in faith. Stay connected with the gift you've been given to serve mm-hmm. 
and let God direct you on how to do that. So we pray for our family. We pray for people that we knew that were struggling. We pray for our health care providers. You know, it was just a sweet opportunity to make space to pray for some things that have been swirling around in our heads. Bring, you know, bring them all together and cover them in prayer. I think for me, it was very helpful yeah. to let me know that I am praying for these things. Mm-hmm. When I pray for these things, I know God is hearing me. Absolutely. And I hope that it did the same thing, you know, for those that participate. Mm-hmm. So it was a great time. When we offer things on social media for a business or just out of, you know, because we're on social media and we feel like we need to share something that when we're doing it from what we need and we know that other people probably need it too, Mm -hmm. right? Like just saying, I'm doing this because I need this and I'm pretty sure that you're going to help me show up Mm -hmm. in this moment because this is just hard. No one knows how to live through a pandemic. I was doing the math, right? So the last big pandemic that came through the United States was the Spanish flu. Yes, 100 years ago, right? Uh, 1918. So if you were born in 1918, you would have no memory of it and you'd be 102. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's no one here with collective memory Mm -hmm. of this because even if you were alive in 1918, you were an infant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely correct. There's not, there's probably not anyone walking this earth and if they are, it's a, it's probably, I can count them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> if they are, they might. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can read about it, which. Yeah. That's why I know about it because I've seen it, you know, people passing around the last time this happened with mm-hmm. the Spanish flu about a hundred years ago. And so that's the only way, that's the only way I know about it as far as date wise. Right. I was familiar with the Spanish flu epidemic, epidemic, but I didn't really connect when it was no but um we all know it now we don't know this is for us unprecedented we're writing history together and i think that doing small things like a five-day prayer challenge or i'm going live every day on instagram at 12 30 to try to like help everyone ground themselves and check in and pick a daily word for the day but those little actions are helping write the American response to this. Like we have to realize that this is all going to be in the textbook. We know it will be like our great grandkids. God bless them. will read about this and they're going to be like, wow, look what they did. At least that's what I hope the response is, is Mm -hmm. look what they did. They pulled together. They figured out how to manage something that was completely unmanageable to them. And, and maybe some giant, priority shift will happen in our country. I mean, I feel like people are already noticing what the really big rocks in their life are in a more obvious way since we mm. have to stay home. Yeah, one of the things that was coming across um, during the prayer challenge was people asking for prayer for their marriages mm-hmm. because <laughs> there's no thrown- escape. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They have been thrown together in a situation where you know, they are around their spouse a lot more. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like sandpaper. Yes. Um, refining that relationship as they, you know, as the porcupine needles yeah. poke out. <laughs> as Absolutely. You, you know, you try to get close and then those needles, you know, p- poke you. Uh-huh. And I think it's good, though. I think it's good because I remember when me and my husband got married, 
And um, the first couple of years were tough. Mm -hmm. They were tough. And whenever we would, I think this happened like the first five years of our marriage, we would go on vacation. This is Uh pre-kids. Go on vacation around our anniversary and we would fight the entire vacation. And (laughs) look back at that now and it's like, because what was happening was, Prior to that vacation, we were just living lives, you know, just passing through. Yeah. Talking you were about- roommates with benefits. It, yes. <laughs> yes. There were things that we right. were just handling in our yeah. marriage. It didn't even know that they were there until uh-huh. we had to stay in a confined yep. hotel room with each other and we would fight. We would fight. It'd be a horrible vacation. And we look back at that now and we're like, that's because we we some kind of way were bypassing yeah. the need to communicate around issues that were that were obviously there. I think that's what's happening mm-hmm. for many families and no it doesn't feel good. It's really hard when you know you're like I can't even go anywhere to escape escape this, but yep. I think I you know I think it's going to be good ultimately Absolutely. for the relationship because it's like refining. You're re- you're refining the relationship by um the process of putting it through the fire. Yeah. Um, but it's, and it's happening with our kids too. I was going to say that. Do you notice it with your kids? You know, talking, okay. I mean, maybe not in your family, but it's definitely happening in my family where I'm like, oh, yep. There's some sandpaper moments coming out where I need I to think- lean into how God made them more. Yeah. We haven't had any more sandpaper moments than normal. Okay. But what is happening is a rediscovery of some things with our children. Mm -hmm. Um, In all fairness, we homeschooled for almost a decade. Uh So them being back home is almost like our factory setting. Mm -hmm. This is probably why we're not seeing a lot of clashing. Right. Because we've just, this is just what we've done for so long. And they've only been in a school setting. My son, this is his second year. This is my first year for my daughter. So right. we're not that far removed from having a homeschool setting. So, but what we are seeing more size of our children mm-hmm. that have been able to develop without us being able to see mm-hmm. those developments yeah. because they've been away. So yeah. Those things are happening, um, which have been a blessing for me. It's, yeah. you know, some surprising you know, just hearing how they're talking to their teachers and their classmates on in their virtual uh-huh. spaces. And it's just like, wow, I didn't realize they were that mature. I didn't realize, uh-huh. you know, it's just yeah. fun. It's been fun. It's been eye-opening. So that is happening for our family. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So when you have a sandpaper moment, let's say with like Eddie, because you might be having more of those, because <laughs> in my marriage is like, usually where I have them first because it's such an mm-hmm. intimate relationship and I'm so much more vulnerable to yeah. to it all. Um, do you find yourself praying in the moment at all? No. No? No, I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm not that good. Um, both of us need to separate the process. Yeah, yeah. And so it's very, you know, we've been married for 18 years. Yeah. So we know when... Those sandpaper uh-huh. moments are happening. We know when the tension is there. And they, it was there, I'm telling you. Especially the first, when we found out the kids were coming home and when we found out my husband was coming home, those oh, first three or four days, shoot, probably the first week, was like sandpaper with him Oh, yeah. Me. Just, I mean, even with just the grocery shopping. And, I, and the tension wasn't around 
probably me and him, the, the root of the tension it's was probably fear. Fear and you stress know, of everything me. you yeah. can't control, right? Like yeah. women have a, I, I joke that I'm always telling him that I have like a security button that he doesn't need. Like I yeah. have to nest and I need a little bit more safety than he does. He's, yeah. he's handling more risk. I mean, he's a military guy. He He's good with risk. Um, but I'm like, no, I need a... Uh, I need yeah. to like cozy up a little bit more and bunker that was, down. That was exactly it. <laughs> I had went to the store. He had not gone to the store yet. Okay, uh-huh. so I went to the store and I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I'm like, well, I went to the store. It was my normal day at a grocery shop. It was the day after we got the notice that the kids were going to be home indefinitely. So I'm like, well, let me go get some groceries. I first tried to buy them. I normally get them delivered uh-huh. and the delivery period was like out 48 hours. I say, Oh, that's not good. Uh-huh. And so I like, I'm going to have to go into the store. And when I go into the store, like yeah. zero meat, like no meat, no eggs, no milk. And I'm like yeah. pushing a cart through that store and you can feel the tension. It's it wasn't alarming. Just me. We're not used it was to alarming. that. Alarming. No rice, no pasta. No, you know, this is not American. No, that's this not is... American experience. <laughs> no, and so, you know, I walked out of there with like, there was no bread. I'm just thinking of all the things that yeah. I couldn't buy that I would just go and pick up the produce. It feels with, unsafe with, when you oh, can't buy food. Couldn't buy green, you know, vegetable, like um, the, the leafy greens were gone. <laughs> and I'm like, they're going to make me go and pick up a box of rice aroni or something. And I'm like, <laughs> this is not stuff that I eat. You know, so I ended, I walked out with like a box of hot dogs and some frozen pancakes. I'm just trying to uh-huh. think what was in my car. Right. Just random things, just trying to make sure we can get it, get through the next couple of days. And I told my husband the next day, I was like, we're going to have to go visit some other stores. And he was like, I'm not going to multiple stores. And I'm like, dude, you don't know. <laughs> I'm like, it's hunter gatherer time. <laughs> exactly. That's it. But he had not been out there. Uh-huh. And we were, um, we were bumping heads because he didn't feel the same instability mm-hmm. that I felt. Yeah. And just like you, I, I needed to know mm-hmm. how we were going to feed these kids. And he was just like, you know, I'll go out there and see what I can find. And I'm, and I told him, I said, I need a little bit more urgency. I need a little bit more from you. Yeah. Um, because- Especially because you live in what's now considered mostly a hotspot. Atlanta's kind of a, uh, yeah. like I live in the rural part of Georgia on the coast and we're, Deanna lives, we live in the same state, but her neck of the woods is definitely much more under lockdown, a lot more urgency. And we still felt the urgency here, like my Walmart and grocery in public, because we're all, like all the eggs and milk and all the meat were gone here. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely quite an experience. He had not been out in it. (laughs) Um, But even when he went out in it, he didn't have the same Uh response. He had a logical yeah, response. like they're like, going to refill on this date. We'll just come. Yes, I mean, <laughs> different ways of processing what uh-huh. was happening. And so as the woman and as the um, maternal figure in the home, my thing was, I got to feed my babies. I got to feed these kids. That That's where yeah. the issue was. And we just weren't on the same page. And I needed him to make me feel like things are going to be okay. Yeah. And he wasn't intentionally not. He right. Was just not no one else knows how to respond to this and we're all getting just like we grieve differently I think this needs to be said we're all going to respond emotionally differently to the pandemic stress yeah right like and we're all going to process 
at least we hope so, so we don't get stuck in like a trauma response years from now. From this, we need to process it and acknowledge that just like if one family member dies in a normal situation, like everyone in that room is probably going to not respond the same way, even though they all loved that person. And That's there's a lot true. of grief right now. And there, yeah, there's a ton. And so my prayer normally comes, I don't, I'm not traditionally someone that stops in the uh-huh. middle of the fields uh-huh. and That's prays. good to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm normally someone that realizes I'm not right. I'm feeling, you know, I get in touch with what uh-huh. the feelings are. Yeah. And then I can pray. That's good but to know. So, yeah. Sometimes I'm I'm responding out of those emotions. Uh-huh. I realize this is not my normal. This is not how I want to respond. Yeah. Why am I responding this way? This is this is how I back it up. I mean, this literally yeah. is what I do. How, why am I responding this way? I try to articulate it. I usually articulate it uh-huh. via journaling. Yep. And then as I journal, I pray. That's amazing. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I think someone do, but... needed that right here. So say it one more time. First, yeah. you recognize your feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm feel I'm recognize I'm responding in a way that is counter to the way I want to respond. It's okay. not loving. It's I'm not being nice. Yep. Um, I'm being extra irritable. Yeah. Whatever those things are. I'm yep. angry. Yeah. Um, my husband might say, well, why are you yelling at me? Why are you taking out on me? Yep. And sometimes he'll say that and I can't articulate why at the moment. Right. And so I have to separate from the situation yeah. and actually think, where is this coming from? Yep. What is the root of this? It's probably not him. Mm-hmm. Let me see what's going on. And so I try to figure out why I'm feeling this way. Where is this coming from? It's coming from, um, the, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I'm scared that I'm not going to be able to feed my kids. I'm scared that we're not going to be cared for over the next few days. I, I'm, mm-hmm. it, I'm uncertain about the future, whatever those things are. Yep. And I journal those things. That's amazing. What, what is the, what, why am I responding this way? What's behind these feelings and emotions? And as I'm journaling, it transitions into prayer. Father, help me. I love that. And you know, you fill in the blanks with whatever the prayer is, but that's, that's my process of getting to prayer. When you start the prayer, do you crack open your Bible or look for Bible verses? What does that look like for you? No, I don't. Not then. Okay. It's normally, sometimes Bible verses just automatically Uh come, but normally it's just me writing my Mm -hmm. heart. Okay. Just writing my heart out to God. I am not one that, um, cracks open the Bible as I pray. Yeah. Um, but I do read the Bible regularly. Mm-hmm. So many times, like the next time mm-hmm. I read it, I'll have God will start speaking through scripture yep. in regards to whatever it was that, you know, I was dealing with, the, you know, during that um, mm-hmm. time of prayer. So I don't. Yeah, that's what I do. I just write my heart. I just if a scripture comes to mind. Yeah, I'll, I just I'll wanted to ask it. because there are so many different ways. And I think that this is going to really free up some people that maybe don't feel comfortable with organized churches, but can still use your strategy to talk with God at home right now. I, let me tell you something. I was praying before I knew to pray, to journal my prayers. I was journaling to God without knowing I was journaling to God years ago. That's awesome. Very, very young. I have journals before I had a, you know, commit a Mm -hmm. committed relationship with God. I would journal. Yeah. And I would say in there, God, you know, I, I believe yeah. in God. I grew up in a faith household, sort of. Uh-huh. My, my father was not a, a faith guy, but my mom was. Uh-huh. Um, 
but at this time, this was my college days. I wasn't journaling, trying to pray. I was <laughs> just writing, but I would say God and I would write like mm-hmm. how people dear diary, right. I would dear God. Right. And so a few years back, I found some of those journals and I read through what I was writing and I was like, oh my gosh, I was praying. I was praying because so much of what I wrote, God answered, God did, you know, he came through. Yeah. He gave clarity or wisdom. Um, There were things that I wrote about that actually came to pass. That's amazing. After. And I was like, I didn't even know that I was praying and God still honored what was in that journal. So I think this is a word for someone right now. Like you don't have to. Be, even be that clear. You don't have to be part of a church right now to open up a journal. You don't have to feel like everything is all right between you and God. You can just trust and mm-hmm. and let it happen and write out your feelings and give yourself the space mm-hmm. because he's waiting for you. Yeah. He's and that's just that's what it sh- that showed me how faithful God is and how easy it is to access him. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't doing that as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes absolute sense. That. Yeah. You were, I, God was like this, the, the thing you knew. So you mm-hmm. would write to mm-hmm. that, but it but wasn't, wasn't like you weren't deeply committed to him mm-hmm. or engaged in any other mm. faith behavior. I was a, I was a good sinner. <laughs> I remember back <laughs> I love this. Thank you for freeing someone for trying. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was completely living in sin. Um, and I would pray. I would sit on the roof of my boyfriend's apartment and I would get up there with my journal and I would journal to God right after that. Probably go sleep with my boyfriend. I was not. Yeah, you were not living live. what you were. Yeah, there I wasn't was, a good Christian life. It wasn't. a method. No. Yeah, and God still honored me. God still heard what I prayed. And of course, eventually drew my heart to him. Yeah, but. That's how I know that it's easy to get to him. He is not trying to keep you from him. He's a Just faithful father. Faithful. He He's adores so you and he loves you and there's nothing yeah. for your harm. Yeah. He's good. It's just bringing tears to my eyes. Just thinking about how faithful he was in my ignorance and in my lack of desire to be pleasing to him yeah. back then. And he still cared for me. He still loved me. He still got to me. Um, and he answered my prayer. He answered my prayers. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Do you, except for I have two questions for you. Because mm-hmm. I end with two questions all the time. Do you have a self-care moment that a mom can do right now in the middle of all this chaos? I, I'll just share what I do. Yeah. I don't. And many moms maybe can't do this because there was a period of time where I really couldn't do this safely because yep. where where I was living. But um, I just get out and walk. Yeah. Now, I do live in the South where it's nice. Um, but I still have friends that live up North that do this. They mm-hmm. get outside and they just take a walk. Yeah. Um, that has been a saving grace for me. I do it every single day. Sometimes it's a run. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, me and my husband took a break together and we jogged around the block together. Um, I sit on my porch and drink coffee. In the morning with a blanket um, and just sit out there. Sometimes I put in my earbuds and I do a meditation. I use Insight Timer. Oh, yeah. That's a great app. Yeah. And I just listen to a a guided meditation or 
just some of their music, their Mm -hmm. musical meditations, and I'll sit there and I'll listen and I'll pray. Mm -hmm. So those are just two really easy, simple things that um, out getting outdoors is something that actually fills me up. So if, if you happen to be a nature gal like me, just go for a walk. Sometimes I don't even put my earbuds. I'll have my phone in my pocket uh-huh. and I'll press one of the, uh, medita- the um, music uh-huh. meditations. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if my neighbors think I'm crazy. Yeah, and okay. I'll just let it play yeah. as I walk. Yeah, yeah. You know how to walk around with the boom box? The boom box. Yep, I know. When I run, I, sometimes I blast music straight out of my phone without earbuds. Because yes. I want to be I'll aware just, of traffic around me yeah, too. So yeah. like it's a hard, yeah. it's a hard decision. Yeah. Play play it um so I love that that's fantastic okay so the last one we always end with is a family connection idea so how are you connecting with your kids right now well this is the request on the table for them yeah tell us they do a puzzle that's awesome so I gotta go find a puzzle they want a new puzzle yeah we put one together Um, well I hope you can get it with free shipping time or find it (laughs) like it's gonna be harder than you think yo I Oh, I gotta go to Walmart for our grocery shop. So I'm going to take a look to see if I can find a good one for their yeah. age. Yeah. I hope there's some on the shelf. But yeah, because I'm not, if I, if I depend on Amazon, it's, no, a minute it's not an essential I, item. It's going to get here yeah, in June. That's, but and also, and we're big binge watchers. Yeah. So right now, the binge, listen, not really a binge. We do like one episode right. at night. Yeah. Mandalorian. Oh, yes, baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's the bomb, but that's yes. what we're watching every night um, is the Mandalorian. So yeah. those are two things that we're doing, but they have asked for a puzzle. That's awesome. I love that. That's so simple. It is. Well, thank you for being here. Where can people find you on all the social media places or on the internet or yeah. your podcast that's coming out? Mom's Call It to More is the name of the podcast. It's for mom entrepreneurs that um, desire to put God first in their business. Um, Instagram. The Deanna Mason. Okay. And on Facebook, I have a Facebook community. Excellent. It's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash refresh moms community. That's where I show up the most. Okay. That's it. And this will all be in the show notes. I'll make sure. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. And um, yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Christy. Thank you. If you decide to try out prayer journaling like Deanna taught us, I would love to hear about it. Also, please don't forget to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. They are like your virtual tip jar for me. You don't need any money. Just leave some words for me. More so now than ever with all the social distancing, I need you to believe deep in your core that you are the right mom for your kids and your kids are the right kids for you. And together, you're the right combination. Neither one of you are perfect, but you're perfect together. Elbow high five.